Happy Father's Day <laughs> to all you fathers out there. Joe, Pops, Happy Father's Day, Ed. Today is Father's Day. Thank you, Lord. God is good. All right, on that note, time to take up an offering. Amen. Come on down, Grace. That is who you are. You are waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. That is who you are. 21st. Thank you, Lord. 21st. First day of summer. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Let's pray over this offering. Amen. Father, we thank you, Lord, and praise you for this offering that you're bringing into this house. Lord, you are a way maker, a miracle worker, a promise keeper, a light in the darkness. Amen. That is who you are. Lord Jesus, we just believe that and get that in our spirits. Lord God, that Lord, that you will never fail us or forsake us because you are always there because you are a way maker. Lord Jesus, and we give you all the praise and honor and glory in Jesus' name. And we pray that you would make way through, Lord God, this time of COVID-19, through these times of riot, for your church to prosper, to be in good health, Lord God, and to be blessed by you. And we just believe that in Jesus' name, and we're believing that over our finances, Lord, and we're believing, Lord God, over our country, for you to do, Lord, miracles. Lord God, that you would drive out the enemy, that he has exposed himself. Lord God, he has exposed himself to us, and we just know it, and we see it. Lord God, on the news, and we just come against him in Jesus' name, and we pray that you would drive him out of our nation, drive him out of these people, and Lord, set your captives free. And Lord God, and we're just believing this in Jesus' mighty name. And we're believing, Lord God, that you will do mighty things in our finances as we give into your kingdom, Lord God. I just pray this and believe it in my heart, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, today is Father's Day. So how appropriate it would be to preach on fathers. Amen. Amen. There are some great examples of fathers in the Bible, isn't there? Is there kids' church on? All right. Bye, Effie. Have fun with Grandma. So, there are some great examples of fathers in the Bible, isn't there? And there are also some great examples of some bad fathers in the Bible, too, isn't there? Yeah, a little bit of both. But for today, we are going to just share and talk about the good things. <laughs> the good things, right? About fathers in the Bible. Joe, I am going to be preaching out of Genesis, just so you know. I didn't get the scriptures back there. But uh, if you can, uh, let's see here. I'll get it. I'll give you Genesis six, verse nine. 
And then we're going to also be going to Genesis 6, verses 10 and 14. Okay? And then one more in Genesis 12, 1 through 4. And if there's any more, I'll try to... You're just going to have to keep up with me. Matthew 1, 19 through 20. There's another one. All right, praise the Lord. You know, we have... The best father of all time. Who did no wrong, and they could only be God, the Father, our Heavenly Father. The best, best father of all time. He is the ultimate, I mean ultimate role model for all of us dads. Amen? And not just for dads, but for Mothers, children. His love, kindness, patience, wisdom, and protections are at the highest levels of perfection. And they're impossible for us human fathers to match. We cannot match all of those gifts of the Holy Spirit is what they are. We, we don't even compare, because his love is so great. It's so much greater than ours. Amen? Fortunately for us that he's a forgiving <laughs> and understanding and giving to guidance to us. Thankfully, because I can never compare and never will. It's like, Job, it's like what God said to Job, who are you? <laughs> who are you? Amen? But God is the best father of all times. The greatest example. Man, if you want to learn how to be a good dad, a good father, you know, read the Word. Read the Word. Follow God's example. But there's some great examples in the Bible. We'll start right from the beginning with Adam. Think about this for a second. Adam didn't have any other earthly father, did he? He didn't have any other human male companions to compare or talk to, did he? Adam had God as his role model. He had God as his role model. Nobody knows how long exactly that God and Adam walked through the garden. Nobody knows how long it really was. Adam had a lot to live up to. Adam had one of the highest standards of all men to live up to because his role model was God. That's a pretty high standard. Right? He had the highest standard to live up to. You know, I often wonder, many times, and I've, I've pondered this thought, I've often wondered, 
what Adam and God talked about when they walked through the garden. Have you ever had that thought? Have you ever thought about what was going through the mind of Adam as he was walking with God in the cool of the day? I wonder if he got to the point where it was like, it was nothing. Like, it was just talking. You know, and it, I mean, but think about it. He was talking with God, and he was walking with God in the cool of the day. God even brought up all the animals for Adam to name. Think about that. I mean, I wonder if Adam ever slept in in the morning, right? And God came over and woke him up. <laughs> hey, Adam, it's time to get up. You know? Or I wonder if Adam was sitting there in excitement and expectance of waiting for God. Oh, I can't wait. I'd have to think. I probably would be pretty So do you guys ever think of these thoughts? Like, do they ever pass through your mind or... Are we always too busy with everything going on in the world and our families and stuff not to have any thoughts? Like we, because we're just so wrapped up in the world's ways all the time. That we can sometimes forget about God many times. Trust me, I do it. Sometimes I can go throughout a whole day and I look back at the end of the day and I can say, did I even? Did I even give God any moment of time? Once in a day. Then we come to another father, Noah. <clears throat> in Noah's days, do you know that the Nephilim were on the earth? You know what the Nephilim are? They were the giants. They were the fallen angels that went into the to the uh, daughters of Adam and to the women. And they created these giants. And they were evil. In Noah's day, it was evil all around and violence all over the earth is what it says in Genesis. Think about that today. When I look at and turn on the news and I see violence, I see rioting all around. And it's not just in our nation, but it's in many nations. But do you know that God called Noah a righteous man? Genesis chapter 6, verse 9. This is the account of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time. And he walked with God. Think about that. Do you know that in the book of Enoch, when Lamech, you know, Lamech, you probably don't know Lamech, maybe a few of you do, but Lamech was Noah's father. When Noah was born, it says that he had white hair and he looked like an angel. Noah, when he was born. And it scared Lamech. It scared him. And he ran off to his father, who was Methuselah. Now, do you know who Methuselah was? 
the oldest living human being that ever walked the earth. 969 years old was Methuselah. So Lamech ran back to his dad and said, Dad, I don't know what to do. This boy who was born to me, Noah, looks like an angel. It's like the glory of the Lord all around him. He's got white hair. That's what it says in the book of Enoch. And Enoch walked with God for 300 years. And God took him off the earth. There's Enoch and Elijah are the two that God had took off the earth that never saw death. They both took a chariot ride of, uh, of fire. God took them. But God spared Noah and his family because the whole earth was wicked but Noah was a righteous man and blameless. You see, we too can live a righteous life and a blameless life in the midst of all of this chaos. As long as what? As long as we walk with God. And how do you walk with God? Through prayer and through your word. That's how you walk with God. And God started the whole thing all over again. After the flood with Noah and his sons and daughters. In Genesis chapter 6, verses 10 through 14, it says, Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight and was full of violence. God saw how corrupt the earth had become for all the people on the earth had corrupted their ways. Think about that. All. When God, when the word all means all, it means every single one. Every single one on the earth in that time had was corrupt. That's amazing. Except for Noah. God said to Noah, I am going to put an end to all people. For the earth is filled with violence. Because of them, I am surely going to destroy both them and the earth. So make yourself an ark. <laughs> Amen? So make yourself an ark of snipers to make rooms in it and coat it with pitch inside and out. Make yourself an ark. I have often wondered in these days, I know we're near the end days, you know, you know, you think about it, well, will God do it again like he did in Noah's days? No, he's going to do it different. You know? God still was in heaven after the flood, wasn't he? But in the end days, what's God going to do? He's going to come down and be the father of all of us again. He's going to set up a new heaven and a new earth. Right here. And all nations, meaning all of us, all these people are going to go see him. And that's going to be an amazing day, isn't it? When you think about that. Then we come to another father, Abraham. Abraham, the father of the Jewish nation.
You know what's special I like about Abraham? If we go to Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 4, we'll read it. The Lord had said to Abraham, Leave your country, your people, and your father's household, and go to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you I will curse, and all the peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. I want you to think about this. Abraham, living in his father's house, being called out by God to follow God. Do you know how old Abraham was when he was called out? He was 74 years old. Isn't that amazing? He was 74 years old. When he was called out of his father's house. He was the leader of thousands. He was the leader, excuse me, <laughs> of thousands. But he was the leader of, he, had, he was a leader that had tremendous faith. Passing one of the most difficult tests. God ever gave a man. Remember, the test, one of the tests was for Abraham to offer his son Isaac as an offering. His only son that he had to Sarah, his wife. Remember Ishmael and Hagar? You know, they weren't the one of the blessings. And Sarah made Hagar go and run off, and actually Abraham too. And they started a whole other nation, a whole other tribe. But Abraham had tremendous faith. Think about the faith he had to have to leave his, what he knew, his father's home, his father's territory, you know. That's great faith to be able to do that. And then it's great faith to go up and offer your son as a sacrifice, your only son. And then God provides, provided for him. You know, one lesson that we can learn from Abraham is that genuine faith pleases God. Genuine faith pleases God. And another one is that God will provide. That God will provide. And you know, there's another reason too. There's another lesson that we can learn about Abraham. Is that Abraham, the father of the Jewish nation, didn't just get all this revelation at one time. He got revelation of God's blessing through his whole life. In phases. In different parts. When God told him to leave his father's house, I'm going to make you the father of nations, he didn't know how that was all going to work. He didn't know that his wife Sarah was going to be pregnant. 
He had no clue what God's plan was. He was just obeying God each step of the way. So we too can take that lesson in our life as we grow and mature with the Lord. Even as you grow and mature, that it's a life lesson. A walk with God is a life walk, and God doesn't just give you everything all at once. We have to take steps of faith. Amen. Then we can go through Isaac. Paraphrase through some of these because there's a few that I really want to get to. But you can go to Isaac. One lesson you can learn from Isaac is that God provides. Right? That's the lesson that Isaac learned because he was the one up on the sacrifice on the altar and God provided a ram for him. So we can learn from that. And then you can go to Isaac's son, Jacob. The father of the twelve tribes of Israel. You know, Jacob wrestled with God. Jacob wrestled with God, and he wouldn't let go until he got a blessing. Even with a broken hip. Because <laughs> the angel reached down and touched him, broke his hip. One lesson you can learn about that is that you can't fight with God, can you? You can't fight with God and expect to win. Because that will never happen. And, and, and Jacob, the father of the twelve, right? His son Joseph, who helped provide for the twelve when a great famine came and they brought him into Egypt. And then you got Moses, who brings him out of Egypt. When God heard the cries of his people, when they were in bondage for 400 years in Egypt. Moses served as a father figure for the whole entire Hebrew tribe. Moses saw God and his mighty power. The whole tribe of Hebrew saw God and his mighty power and they trembled with fear. Moses saw the glory of God walk before him. And Moses shone with the glory of God on his face. So much that they were afraid of him and they wanted him to cover his face with a veil. You know, one lesson that we can learn from Moses, being the father of the Hebrew tribe. Is that God is involved in character building. God wants to build your character. Just like he built Moses' character. It took time. It took Moses 40 years, right? Then it took 40 years in the desert with the, with the whole tribe of the Hebrews, Israel's. Moses learned as he went along. 
to fellowship with us, just like he fellowshiped with Moses. And that with God, all things are possible. With God, all things are possible. Those are the things that we can learn through Moses. Then we go to King David. A man after God's own heart. You know, King David, he was a man after God's own heart. He was a man who also committed great sins. But the one thing about King David is that he was pretty quick to ask for forgiveness when he did sin. And King David trusted God with all he had, with all his might. King David, I can't wait to get to heaven. Not just to see Jesus, of course, but, you know, I want to see all of the saints, all of these mighty men that walked with God, that knew God personally, personally, that literally walked for 300 years with God. I can't wait to see King David. I can't wait for King David to tell a story in heaven. You know, the one thing that I learned about King David in reading the scriptures is that when King David, before he went out to fight in battle, and King David was a warrior, he was a warrior as a child. He slew a bear and he slew a lion with his bare hands. He killed a giant with a sling, right? They used to sing that Saul would kill thousands, but King David would kill ten thousands. So King David was a mighty warrior. But you know what King David did? He would tell stories of the battles that probably Joshua went through when they were led up out of Egypt. He would tell stories of when God led the Israelites out of Egypt through Moses and how they parted the Red Sea. He would tell these stories to his fighting men. And King David had some mighty, mighty men on his side that slew thousands and hundreds in one battle where a man's sword just like froze to his hand and he slew like 800 Philistines. In one battle, one man. But King David would tell these stories to all of his mighty men. And it would build their faith up. I mean, I think of King David as probably one of the greatest storytellers ever. You know? And I can't wait to hear him tell a story. I can't wait to sit down and just listen to him talk about all the things that God has done. And all the things that God did. And all the things God's doing in heaven that we can't see, that he can see. And all the things God's going to do, because in heaven, when God opens our eyes and we know all things, because God shows us all things, it's got to be exciting. One of the lessons that we can learn from King David is that God wants your whole heart. 
God wants your whole heart. King David was wholeheartedly after God. Even though he committed some great sins. And even though in his family there was some turmoil going on. Some bad things happening. It didn't change the fact that David loved God with his whole heart. Things can be going on around you that are not good, that are bad, in your own family. But if you have a heart toward God, He will see you through. You want to have a whole heart toward God, not just a little bit. You don't want to just give Him a little bit of your heart. Because God is not like a person. He's not like a human. He's not going to take your heart and crush it. Or destroy it, or walk on it. God's going to love it and cherish it. He wants your whole heart. And that's a lesson for all of us. That's a lesson for me to learn. Another lesson that we can learn from King David is that God is always there for us. God is always there for us. He'll never fail you or forsake you. He's always there. Look at how you just read the Psalms. My fortress, my high tower, my refuge, my strength, my shelter. I find shelter under the wings. He is my, he is behind me, he is before me, he is to the left, he is to the right. I can't escape. You just read the Psalms. King David knew who God was. And he knew how much God loved him. You know, there's a father that I really want to talk a little bit about, and then I'll close. And it's a one that we don't really expect much out of in the Bible. But it's Joseph, the father, the human father of Jesus. The earthly father. Just think about this for a second. Think about being the father, the earthly father of Jesus. Think about that. You must be a pretty special person for God to entrust his son, who is all God, in your hand. You know, you think about it. Think about it. Joseph was there when there was little baby Jesus in a manger. Joseph, I'm sure, changed his diaper. Joseph. And you know, you think about Joseph, too. What's amazing about Joseph is that Joseph, too, was accounted to be as a righteous man, just like Noah. And it says it in Matthew chapter 1, verses 19 through 20. I'll read it to you. I got it marked right here. It says, Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. Because at, at that time, Mary was betrothed to be Joseph's wife. 
But when Mary came back from Elizabeth, he saw and he couldn't hide it that she was with child. And in his earthly mind, didn't know what was going on. But because he cared for her and he was kind, he said, I don't want to just publicly disgrace Mary. Because he really loves Mary. So he thought, well, he would just quietly divorce her. But after he had considered this, see, these were thoughts going through his mind. He's considering these thoughts. He's thinking about these things. But after considering all of this, an angel appeared to Joseph and said, no. In a dream, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. Because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Not only is Joseph blessed to be able to raise up Jesus, but Joseph also is like a stepfather. <laughs> you know? Jesus is not quite his. He knows it. Mary knows it. But yet he has to love Jesus just like as his own son. And he has to raise him just like as his own son. Think about this. Joseph was chosen to be the guardian of Jesus. That means to be the father, to be the protector, the provider. Joseph raised Jesus, and he taught Jesus how to be a carpenter, because Joseph was a carpenter. He was teaching him the family trade. Jesus learned how to be a carpenter through Joseph. Now, I'm sure Jesus was probably a little bit better than Joseph, you know, but that's what all you want out of your kids. You want your kids to have a better life than you have. You want to provide for them. You want to give them the best you possibly can. And think about Joseph knowing the whole time that he's raising Jesus, that he's the Son of God. Think about the thoughts that must have gone through Joseph. Joseph was a great father. He showed kindness, meekness, gentleness, self-control. He showed the fruits of the Spirit. Joseph was a strong man. But it's not easy raising other father's children. I know all about that. It's not easy. And trust me, I've made many mistakes along the way. But you learn. You learn. Joseph was strong. He was quiet and he was kind. He was a strong, quiet, kind man. And you know, those are great things. One lesson I've learned from Joseph is that God honors men of integrity. God honors men of integrity. He really does bless them. And for all you fathers and 
you know, not soon to be father yet, Joe, but like maybe, you know, in the future down the road, you're going to be someday. And even for you young ladies, God honors people of integrity. Amen. So, after that, there's not much more to say, is there? <laughs> God wants your whole heart. He wants you to walk by faith. Life is, 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 a, is a walk of faith. God reveals his plans to you in phases. He wants you to build your character. He wants you to trust God. He wants your whole heart. And he wants you to walk in integrity. Amen? So let's stand and we'll close. And I hope you all have a great Father's Day, Father. Thank you, Lord. May the Lord bless you. Let's raise our hands. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord and give you peace on all sides. And Lord, I pray that we would learn from your word, Lord God, that we would learn how to live, Lord God, and live fully under your blessings, Lord God. And I pray, Lord God, that whenever we are lost, confused, don't know what to do as men or women, don't know what to say, word whenever we're lost and i just pray this and i pray your blessings upon all your people in jesus name amen